live from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's Unnecessary Roughness, brought to you by Paul Padalaw and Subaru of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show live from Kansas City. Excited about the draft as it gets started tomorrow. Of course, Friday, Saturday, it gets wrapped up. And join us now on the phone lines to talk to us all things Kansas City from a Chiefs point of view is Blair Kirkhoff, our good friend from the Kansas City Star. And Blair, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. I've been in town now for about a day and a half and uh, starting to see a little bit of buzz about the draft coming up here in Kansas City. How is how has the, uh, the the locals here been excited, or how have they been, you know, kind of pumped up leading up to this draft? Yeah, they're pretty stoked. Um, I guess as they were in Vegas a year ago, right? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so no, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, look, Vegas. You know, everybody in the world comes to Vegas. Nobody comes to Kansas City. So um, when when they have an event like this, uh, you know, a big sporting event. Uh, it is, um, it, it's, it's fantastic. And there will be, um, yeah, they're talking about hundred thousand people being around the draft site uh, on, uh, on Thursday. And not all of them can be in the fenced in area. I think the capacity for that's only 60,000. So um, Kansas city sports fans show up for stuff and, and they will show up in a big way uh, all three days starting tomorrow. You know, I heard earlier today we were over at the middle school and then the high school for a little community event that was going on with the draft prospects, and uh, somebody in the media said, you know what, Q, this is the the Patrick Mahomes effect. Like, everything is coming to Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes. How much has he meant to this community? No, there's absolutely some truth to that. that, 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 This market has had, you know, great football and Major League Baseball players come through and um, heck, we were in NBA City for almost you know for a little over a decade mm-hmm. back in the '70s and '80s. But there's never been a, a transcendent uh, professional athlete like Patrick Mahomes here. There's you know um, two Super Bowls, all the success that he's had in five years. Uh, any any NFL team would take the fact that it happens. It's happening here in Kansas City is just uh, incredible. It's amazing. He. Um, uh, uh, you know, the, the, and it really is a testimony to the NFL too that a market the size of Kansas City can have success if they draft well, right? If they do the right things, and uh, it, that's not true in every sport, and it's uh, um, as it's painfully obvious with the Royals. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, it, it is uh, uh, there is a Patrick Mahomes effect going on here, and uh, the you know it was after his I think it was after the Super Bowl season that. Kansas City was awarded the draft. Now it wasn't because of him, but right. um, but it didn't hurt that the Chiefs right. were coming off the Super Bowl. No, no, not at all. That's that's a that's a good thing. Again, Blair Kirkhoff is our our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Demond's got one for you. Now the Chiefs they have the best pick in the draft, and they're the last pick of the first round. That means that you won it all. So, what are some of the holes that the Chiefs could look to fill with this first round pick? They have four areas of need now none of it is the type of need that you know the carolina panthers have or you know teams that are picking in the 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 first three or four or five you know spots but they do have some needs they their needs um and and, and people will disagree in the order uh but i'd say their biggest need is offensive tackle uh they don't have a right tackle right now uh the, the interior of the defense uh, on the outside of the defense, the edge, and then at wide receiver, they they need a they need to add a wide receiver. So um, it, when, when it comes to number thirty one, when when it comes around to the Chiefs' selection and the best of one of those positions 
on the Chiefs board is available, that's that's where they're going to go. When it comes to receiver, we know that Juju Smith-Schuster, he's gone, but they still have MVS. But what about Sky Moore? Are, are, the, are the Chiefs pleased with how he played last year, or do they think that they need to get that receiver next in waiting? They like how he finished last year. Um, he had a huge punt return against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, and, uh, uh, and, and that was that, you know, they don't win the game. Uh, likely they don't win the game. They, they, they at least go into overtime if he doesn't set them up with a big punt return. And his first NFL touchdown was in the Super Bowl. So they like how he finished the year. Um, so between him, uh, MBS, and Kadarius Toney, uh, they've got – and they re-signed Justin Watson – now, uh, they do lose a big uh, a key component in Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman also not back. So that's why they're looking to add uh, uh, you know, a, a quality wide receiver from the draft for the wide receiver room. And then when it comes to running back, I know that Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round pick, he basically you know, he stole the show for him last year on offense. So are they set when it comes to their backfield? I don't know if they're set. Um, they – uh, I, I think that that is a, a quite often for the Chiefs uh, a position that gets turned over. Um, heck, in their their first Super Bowl win four years ago, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams were their guys, and pretty soon they weren't the guys. Um, and, and now it's as you said, Isaiah Pacheco. You know, they made Clyde Edwards-Helaire first round draft pick um, in in 2020, and um, we we don't know his future in Kansas City. I, he's not seen as the you know, Pacheco's the starter, not not a seventh-round pick last year, not the first-round pick of three years ago. And then there's Jarek McKinnon, who's just sort of like Old Man River. Uh, you know, he just gets it done for the Chiefs. So they like their running back room, but I think they're going to end up drafting a running back this year. They've got 10 picks, and hmm. with 10, you've got the luxury of, of uh, t- maybe t- taking somebody that you – you think might be, you know, based on potential late in the, you know, late in the draft. I, I think they're going to do that again and take a, a running back late. You know, Blair, with having 10 picks, is there a, a, a chance that you think that they may package a couple and try to move up and, and go get a guy that could be dynamic? Yes, I do think that there's that chance. Here's the thing about the Chiefs and general manager Brett Veach, this will be his sixth draft. Now, so in his first five, the Chiefs have had a first-round draft pick in only two of them. Um, because they've trade, they traded out. And uh, last year they had two first-round picks. And, uh, and then the other, I'm trying to think, the other first-round pick was Clyde Edwards-Alaire back in 2020. So in the other three drafts, they, they did not have a first-round pick. And then last year with the two, they actually packaged and moved up to get Trent McDuffie, the cornerback. So, yeah, I can see the Chiefs wheeling and dealing a little bit, whether that's to go up or to go back. Um, and I wouldn't put it past the Chiefs to to bring a little theater theater to the to the event, and knowing it's in Kansas City, knowing that you know ninety five percent of the fans will be wearing the Chiefs uh, jersey, that uh, maybe for effect you you do something that uh, that gets the oohs and the ahs of the crowd. But uh, uh, Beach has done a great job with his drafts here uh, in town, obviously by the uh, by virtue of the success that the the, the team has had. I, but if you're going to package and move up, uh, whatever it would be, 12, 15 spots, it mm-hmm. better be the guy you love at one of those positions, offensive tackle, you know, either defensive line or, or wide receiver, somebody you really love. I'm not sure there is that player for the Chiefs. Would they, it was, uh, I'm assuming that there's no chance that they would, they would trade up and go get a, a, a Gibbs or go trade up and go get a, a B. John Robinson. Well, I don't think so. I, I don't. I think they like Pacheco enough. That um, that they wouldn't they wouldn't go get a running back they wouldn't trade up to get a running back and 
Um, but I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, but running back and tight end are the two positions I think they'll end up drafting, but I, I don't think and, – and, and I think uh, tight end is a strong position in this year's draft, but I don't see the Chiefs uh, going there early or sacrificing picks later uh, in packages to trade up to get either one of those positions. Blair, with the last pick of the first round in the 2023 Unnecessary Roughness NFL Mock Draft, who are the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs selecting? All right, so help me out here just to make sure I was reading it right. I didn't see this name selected yet, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I've got the Chiefs taking offensive tackle Anton Harrison from the University of Oklahoma. No, that's not that. He's on the board. You got him. That is all you. How how big of a surprise was that that he wasn't selected, Blair? Yeah, I was surprised. I've I've seen him in the first round of many mock drafts. I don't know what he is in in the consensus mock drafts, but I've seen him in the first round of many, and I know I know our people have mocked him to the Chiefs. Um, he's one of the more popular ones, and and here's the thing about that position: um, offensive tackle is where they have a hole right now. They don't have a hole anywhere else. But if they get the guy they want uh, at offensive tackle, I, I think he comes in and starts right away uh, from from day one. And that's not necessarily the case at at the other position. So um, I, I, I'm. Uh, they, I, I know they like them, and uh, and they have had really nice success with offensive linemen from Oklahoma the last few years with Creed Humphrey yeah. and even um, you know uh, Brown. So even though he's gone now, but uh, uh, they, they've they've gone to Oklahoma. They're, even their long snapper James Winchester is an old Sooner. So it seems like they 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 know that position at that school really well. Well, that's I think that's a really good pick, and and I mean you gotta. You got a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. You want to always make sure he's protected. Was there any other player that you were kind of going back and forth thinking about, or was it just a no doubter that that's where you were going? No, there were a couple of guys. I'll, I'll tell you, I I know I, I don't know. I think the Chiefs like a couple of edge rushers who are from this part of the country. Guys like uh, Will McDonald, the fourth from mm. Iowa State, and Felix Anudike Uzama, who is not only from Kansas State local school but also went to high school in Kansas City. I think those are second-round guys, um, but I, I think the Chiefs do like them. I don't think there's a wide receiver after the top four that, that they're in love with, uh, and I think they can wait. Uh, they'll, they'll wait a little bit later in the draft for that. If they're, if they're not involved with you know, Johnson or Smith or you know, one of the top guys. Um, so those, those are the, you know, the names I keep hearing. One, another guy who I've seen mock to the Chiefs is uh, – uh, Ojulari, the the edge yeah. rusher from LSU, is another one. So uh, it, they could go many ways, and it's so hard. It's it's throwing a dart when you're picking at 31. Right, exactly. Again, like Demond said at the top, it's not a bad thing to be picking at 31. That means that you uh, <laughs> right. you finished it off the way you were supposed to. So there you go. Well, we'll throw it up there on the board. Our our mock draft is complete now. Blair, fantastic work. What are you What are you look uh, working on that we should be on the lookout for? Oh gosh, I've been. I was. I was at the same event you were today. So uh, just nothing but draft stuff. And um, you know, we we uh, let's see. The uh, I did a story earlier this week that was fun. Uh, you know, with the draft coming to Kansas City, we tracked down high school st- standouts in this area from from this area four or five years ago that are eligible for the draft. And Felix Anudike Uzama is one of those guys. The Northwestern defensive lineman, whose name is impossible to pronounce, also um, a, a Kansas City High School guys, and how cool would it be for them to hear their name called in their hometown? I thought was they all had some good stuff to say about that. 
Yeah, I bet. I bet. And and that high school that we were at earlier where the, the football field, my understanding was that was a football field that one of the local guys that, that came back and did really well for himself really invested a lot of money to improve the, the football field? Central High School, yep, in, in yep. downtown Kansas City. A- absolutely. And it was a nice field, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, did a nice job for you know a school in, right in the shadow of downtown. And that was a that was a great event. In fact, I didn't expect – all the prospects to be there for as long as they were to, to answer our questions. And yep. I got to spend some time with B. John Robinson and, and, and the quarterbacks and Will Anderson. It was just terrific to see those guys out there. It really was. It, it's been fun. And, and so far I haven't been in Kansas City long, but it's, it's been cool to be here. So uh, definitely appreciate the hospitality of the city and definitely appreciate you this afternoon as well, Blair. Yeah, welcome to town, guys. I really appreciate you, the conversation. Absolutely. Appreciate you. There he goes. Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City star. Uh, he was at the same event I was at earlier today, and there was a lot. I'll tell you this, DeMond. Remember last year uh, when the event happened in Las Vegas where uh, the prospects were available and all the, the, the media guys from NFL Network were available? And I remember coming back to the radio station and saying I was the only dude there. Like, I was the only guy there. I don't think anyone in town was really there outside a couple of the TV stations. Uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of action. I don't know why that was. And you went down there to pick up your credential, and you saw it wasn't a lot. But, wait, I had everybody I talked to was basically a one-on-one last year. This time, I'll tell you what, brother, it was tough, man. There was a lot. And it's a good tough. Uh, I don't mind. You know me in the grind. I love it. But uh, it was a lot of media members. I mean, basically, we filled the whole end zone of the football field. Uh, that's how many of us were there. And then all of a sudden, at one point, it was just like, all right, go. And we all just kind of went and just got on, got in where we fit in. One guy at the barbecue spot, uh, he was uh, – what team did he cover? Oh, the Bears. Uh, he was a real jerk. He was a uh, – he was a, <laughs> He was a media guy, and, you know, certain guys – and I don't know why certain guys are, are like this, and I was uh, standing there talking to Daniel Jeremiah, and he wanted to get in. He was already mad because Charles Davis had, had to walk off because he had to do a, a stand-up hit on, on live TV, so he had to walk off. So the dude was already mad. And so then Daniel Jeremiah moved so, so Charles Davis could do his hit on TV live, and the guy got pissed. Like, he got angry, and he's like, you know, so he's he's talking – and there's all these microphones around. So on my recording, while I'm trying to talk to Daniel Jeremiah, everything he's saying to his cameraman or whatever is popping up, and it's, it's not cool, right? It's, it's just like you could tell he's a jerk. So when Daniel Jeremiah moved over just a little bit more, all of a sudden he tried to, like, turn, and the way he turned, he had a big pole in his hand, and he hit me with the pole. And so I looked at him. I said, excuse me. You know, and I just said it real calm, and he kind of looked at me, and I said, I am standing right here. And he goes, I'm standing right here. And I was like, okay. I already knew what time it was, right? I said, okay. Okay. Because obviously you, you have a pole in your hand, and if you hit someone with it, you know you did. So I'm thinking that he's going to be like, oh, hey, my, you know, sorry, apologize. Like I bumped somebody on accident. I was like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, whatever. Just because it's crowded. And so you just want to be, I don't know, respectful. But this dude hit me with a pole. It didn't, hit, it didn't hurt hard or anything, but he hit me. And that's why I said, excuse me, I'm standing here. And <laughs> – he was like, well, I'm standing here. And I, was, I, just, I just looked at him. I go, okay, got you. And I, I just laughed. And uh, Haley, that was covering the Cowboys, Haley Sutton, she looked at me and she rolled her eyes at him and just started laughing. And, I, you know, I went about my business. It ain't that big a deal. But uh, he was, yeah, he was, a, he was a jerk. He covers the Bears. And then he went on and had like five or six, I don't know, five or six questions that, you know, like he was talking, Daniel Jeremiah was talking about Peter Skaronsky because that's who he thinks that the Bears should take at number nine. 
And so he keeps saying, like, well, what do you like about him? Okay, his versatility. Some people think he's a guard. Some people think he's a tackle. Okay, well, why are you so high on him? It's, it's like I wanted to say, dude, he likes Peter Skaronsky. That's it. You know, like I wanted to answer for him. But he try, to, to DJ's credit, man, he kept trying to find ways to answer his question in different ways. Right? But there, it, it was what it was. Oh, but, man, man. Daniel yeah. Jeremiah, he was probably going to have to pull the scouting report out on you. Q, fast hands. <laughs> you know, <laughs> great first step. <laughs> right. Learns how to avoid poles. I just don't – dude, I don't take myself that seriously. Some of these guys get all high and mighty and really act like, you know, their S doesn't stink or anything. But, dude, when I walk out the bathroom, it stinks just like everybody else, man. You know what I mean? Like, just show some respect to people. But I know that ain't that's not how it always is. But uh, I, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to get what I need. I got good relationships with these guys, so I'm going to get what I need and call it a day and get up out of there. So I, I still smell like barbecue, but it's all good. So there you go. 417 is the time. Many thanks to Blair Kirkhoff. We're done. Our unnecessary roughness mock draft is done. Complete. Good job, Damon. I appreciate you. And thanks to everyone who made a selection. What we have to do now, Damon, is take a picture of it and send it to me, and I want to look over it to see if I'm surprised that there's no uh, like a name or two missing off of there uh, from who's up there. So uh, good stuff. I'm glad we got that thing finished before uh, the draft. And it, it's so funny, uh, as we were going through this, so many people hit me up and was like, dude, that's a good idea. That was a good idea. Where'd you come up with that? And I was like, I, I don't know. I've been doing it for years, <laughs> right? But, you know, it's just I heard it somewhere. I saw it somewhere. And obviously there's plenty of networks that are doing that. Fitz and Harry, for one, they were doing it on their show. A lot of people have done it. I was on one today in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, they called me to do it. But uh, I just thought it was fun, man, just kind of knowing uh, all the rest of the teams in the in the league. Obviously we know the Raiders really well, but kind of – have a good idea of what the rest of these teams may be looking at and maybe potential trade partners with the Silver and Black. And then when it comes to, hey, seeing what some of these teams need, when we just had Blair on, when he said, hey, they only need is an offensive lineman, I wanted to say, but I didn't want to jinx him. Hey, that's the same thing that the Raiders thought when they drafted Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was just a bad pick. <laughs> that was just a really Really bad pick. 418 is the time. Speaking of the event that I was at earlier today over at the barbecue spot, I had an opportunity to catch up with Joel Klatt. He's on Fox Sports. He calls, calls a lot of college games. Uh, he's a Colorado uh, alum, so uh, I heard him talking a little bit about Dion and the and the spring game and how it was sold out and how many people are in the transfer portal. Had him uh, heard him talking about that, but I had an opportunity to catch up with him to talk about defense and what the Raiders could be doing and looking at defensively. You'll hear that conversation next here on Raider Nation Radio. 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 69187, keyword R&R. It's the WBroke.com text line. Also, 702-365-9200. Sorry, Raider Nation listener line. And we have no, no guests the rest of the show. So we're wide open like some old school TV antennas, man. You want to call, chime in on the show, you can. It's funny. I was on with JT earlier today, and uh, – I mentioned what C.J. Stroud said about his his family members that, you know, were cheering for him to be a Raider, wanting him to be a Raider. And someone tweeted it out and said, hey, I just heard Q on the radio say C.J. Stroud has family members who want him to be a Raider. And people started tweeting like, oh, that's a cap, that's a cap, that's a cap. Like I'm lying or making it up. And I was like, I don't understand. Why would I make up something? So then we played it back, and we played the actual audio of C.J. Stroud saying that on the show. And then more people are saying that I'm making it up. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like why would I make that up? I didn't know that. He said it, not me. So uh, pretty funny, man. Pretty funny people's perception uh, of what is going on, I guess, uh, what they believe in their mind and what's reality. Um, I don't come in here to throw any 
BS against the wall and hope it sticks. I just, you know, whatever I learn is what I learn. Just like I talked to, uh, uh, who did I talk to earlier today? Uh, Tyree Wilson, excuse me, out of uh, Texas Tech. And I mentioned that Joey McGuire had said, hey, maybe he can go from being a Red Raider to being a Las Vegas Raider. And he said, again, he said, hey, I've been a Raider my whole life. I was a Raider in high school. I was a Red Raider. And, yeah, I could be a Las Vegas Raider. That could work out. We'll hear from Tyree Wilson. If not today, we'll hear from him tomorrow. But, uh, you know, it was funny. I, I just thought that was a good conversation with C.J. Stroud. And, again, he brought uh, the fact up that he has family members that uh, want him to be a Raider because it's close to home. Mailman Raider, on that note, uh, said on the don'tbebroke.com text line, after that conversation with C.J., I may go throw a prop bet on him going to the Raiders. Does Bobby approve? That's from Mailman Raider. And I don't know if Bobby approves, but uh, I think Raider Nation would approve if C.J. Stroud became uh, a member of the Silver and Black and sat behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for a minute, got an opportunity to learn, and then uh, got his crack at things. I think everyone would be okay with that. Jim and Yonkers, don'tbebroke.com text line. I want to see four day one starters, cornerback, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker. This all changes if a quarterback is there at seven. I don't think we'll trade up. My question for you and D is if we trade down, how far back would you feel comfortable trading back? Go Ziggler. Thank you for a great show. Go Knicks but was a Sonics fan growing up. Point guard Gus Williams was Mount Vernon, New York, and they were good. Grizzlies win tonight. Order takeout and eat. LOL. Jim from Yonkers. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't necessarily a Sonics fan. I've always been a Warriors fan just because, well, I was a Warriors, A's, and Raider fan. They all played the same parking lot. But I was a big Sonics supporter when Gary Payton was there. Gary Payton was my guy. Uh, man, oh, man. Damon, you know how much Gary Payton was my guy when we had him on the show. You didn't get a word in. <laughs> you didn't yes. get a chance to say nothing. I was like, man, I'm talking to GP. I'm talking to the glove. It was a wrap, right? As soon as, as soon as he got on the phone, I was like, all right, Demond, I'm gonna hit him with a couple questions, then I'll throw it to you. And yeah, there was no throwing it to you uh, when GP was on. And I'll tell you what, man, that was something that a lot of my friends, you know, growing up, knows how big of uh, Gary Payton fans I were. I was. I uh, I emailed that interview to a lot of my friends and like, hell no, nah, man, you got on with Gary Payton. That's your guy. I was like, man, exactly. So uh, shout out to GP. So and those Sonics teams back in the day, man. Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Detlef Shrimp, all those cats, man, that they were they were fun to watch. It was they didn't win a title, but they were a fun team, and it's a shame that they don't have a pro team. But don't worry, they'll have a pro team sooner rather than later. Just like Las Vegas will have a pro team sooner rather than later. Also on the don'tbebroke.com text line six nine one eight seven, Sir Whiskey Ray said Q and D. Happy Wednesday, gentlemen, as it's draft day. Eve, with 12 picks, I really hope that the majority of our picks will be on defense. I'm keeping all these unless we get an offer that we can't refuse. With that said, the Raiders select with the number seven pick, offensive lineman Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. If I'm wrong, I hope it's either cornerback Weatherspoon or Gonzalez. We all know that the Raiders have holes to fill on defense. This would be a good step in the right direction. I absolutely have faith in Ziegler, and I expect a successful draft. I do believe that four of the 12 picks will be starters. Uh, this upcoming season for the Raiders, on another note, I'll be sending a box of Kleenex to DeMond as my Lakers will finish off his Grizzlies tonight. It's okay, DeMond. There's always next year. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. There you go. I like it. Uh, no Kleenex will be needed because the Grizzlies, they're going to win this. Grizzlies in seven like I kids. Like, I, 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 I predicted that to start the series, right? Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, 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 nobody takes you seriously anymore. <laughs>
When we talk, when I talk basketball with you, you say some silly stuff to the point where folks think we don't know nothing about no basketball. Man, they start lumping me in with you. I was like, oh, I got to get out of that conversation. Demond is bringing me down because he says some silly stuff that he don't even believe. Well, so. <laughs> yesterday we had on an NBA expert. I mean, we had Moda yeah, Kill Moda on. Kill, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, we, I, 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 I told him to talk a little ball. Come on. All right, that's, I mean, that's all good. maybe the judgment just gets a little clouded when it comes to the Grizzlies. Yeah, because it's, it's not a little clouded. It's a lot clouded, brother. Here's you, the thing. Yeah. I'll say this, and you can you can you can get this timestamp. Dylan Brooks, I'm riding with him. But the minute they trade him, I'm celebrating. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. I know that's right. So uh, good stuff, Sir Whiskey Ray. And Jim and Yonkers, you did ask uh, how far do you think that the Raiders could trade back and still feel comfortable trading back, basically still getting an alpha dog. I didn't answer that because that's a question that I asked Joel Klatt earlier today. Here is that conversation. I want to ask you about some defensive players. Yeah. You know, if you're the Raiders, you're sitting there at seven, you know you got to improve the defense. If they do decide to pass on the quarterback, would you go interior, edge, corner? What do you think yeah, would so be the best position at seven? Their position is is so dependent on what Seattle and Detroit do because right. all three of those teams basically need the same things. Right. Um, I personally believe Seattle and Detroit are going to go corner. Okay. Which means that the Raiders are going to be sitting there staring at like a, do we take a quarterback, you know, for for the future, or do we take Jalen Carter? And that's the decision that they're going to have to make. I think that that's a a good spot for Jalen Carter. Let me see what I gave you guys. I want to – I did a a few of them, so I want to make sure I got – See, and I would do this over again. I gave him a corner. Yeah. Witherspoon's not going to be there. I so think, do you think he's going to? I think he's going. Seattle or, or Detroit? If Witherspoon's not selected by Seattle or Detroit, I would yeah. be really surprised. Now, I think best case scenario for you for you guys is that Jalen is taken by Seattle or Detroit, and you get Christian Gonzalez. If Christian Gonzalez is available, I think that's the okay. take. What are your thoughts on Tyree Wilson? Yeah, Texas Tech. I like him a lot. When you actually like for instance, if you if I were to sit here and show you the sacks for Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, you'd be like, oh man, give me Tyree Wilson. You know? Now, is he as well rounded as Will Anderson? Probably not. Is the upside potential maybe a little bit higher? Absolutely. His length and power and speed, the combination. He's going to have to get over some some injury red flags. I just don't think he's going to be available for, okay. for Vegas. Yeah. If he is, right. I, I would be ecstatic if I were the Raiders. How far do you think that they could potentially trade back and still get what I call an alpha dog? I did a few bucks and I traded myself out of some alphas. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I looked yeah. up and I was like, damn. <laughs> I don't know about those alphas. They're gone. <laughs> All right, here's a good one. If the Cowboys... No, no. I was going to say, if the Cowboys wanted to move all the way up to get Bijan, maybe you could get Nolan Smith? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. People like Nolan Smith, though, a lot. Maybe you could get a Lucas Van Ness, but he didn't start in college. What about an Emmanuel Forbes? Do you think he could slide in there? Oh, absolutely. Wait, wait, wait. At seven? Yeah. That's too high. Well, no, too high for Forbes at seven, but if you trade back. You could trade back and get Forbes at 26. Right. Let's go with Dallas. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas, right? Let's make you know, it. That's my people right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the Dallas thing going. There you um, go. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you could get any, like, any of those teams. Like, let's say, let's say, like, so, so for instance, let's say, one of these teams that have to deal with the Chiefs think to themselves, like, we got to get Bijan to help with our offense. And they wanted to trade all the way up. 
then you could fall in that back end of the first round and absolutely. I think you could absolutely get Emmanuel Forbes or Deontay Banks. And get some good capital on top of that. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you. That would be interesting. I haven't thought of that. Come on. <laughs> See, let's go. I'm here for you. Let's go. <laughs> so there is Joel Klatt right there. I helped him. I helped learn him something as well. But uh, there you go, and you heard Haley Sutton laugh a little bit about let's go. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about the Cowboys trying to replace Zeke with B. John Robinson, keep a Texas guy in Texas, all those good scenarios. You know, you hear those all the time. C.D. Lamb saw him earlier today uh, out there. He was talking with B. John Robinson. He was part of the uh, Sunday ticket, the NFL Sunday ticket on, on uh, YouTube. So he was out there. Uh, it was him, B. John Robinson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, all Texas high school football players. Uh, it was funny. We were there. We were up there listening. It was me and Steve Foster. We were up there listening, and I was about to ask some questions, and C.D. Lamb started talking trash to Bijan about, oh, you never losing to Texas, and, well, did you have you guys won any Big 12 championships? And so they were beefing back and forth, but it was, you know, obviously in a, in a playful way. And so we were about to start jumping in and asking questions, and C.D. was all about it. Like, he was ready, and his lady came and got in, in, in our way, and I actually I got the audio of it, Damon. I can send it over to you if you want to get a good laugh. Um, she was like, no, 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 this is only for – this isn't for, you know, you guys. You guys can't, you know, be a part of this. This is for only the, the Sunday ticket people or whatever. And so I was like, I'm just sitting here listening. You know, I, I tried to play it all. I'm just sitting here listening. Oh, you can't stand here. You can't stand here. I was like, okay. Like, I'm on a football field. Like, I can't stand here. Okay. So, you know, it was cool. So I, we backed up and everything. No big deal. But it's not like it stopped anything, right? It was, it was like I felt bad for her because – Somebody was telling her that, you know, you had to get the people away, but it's like you're on a football field. How are you going to get people to, you know, like walk away from guys standing in the middle of the football field all huddled together? Like that's not going to happen. So I kind of felt bad for her, but uh, I just let the I let the sound roll a little bit just to kind of see what they were talking about. But they were just talking trash to each other. So uh, there was no, you know, I didn't get no opportunity with them, but it was, it was kind of cool to see all those guys, all those Texas high school football dudes. I mean, what is the Sunday ticket doing at the draft? I mean, what were they doing that was so exclusive? Advertising, just advertising. They they had. It's I on YouTube now. I, Big whoop. I did. I did tweet that. Well, yeah, but it's it's Sunday ticket on YouTube. So uh, I tweeted the picture out of all the guys standing there. They they took a photo op with um with uh, whoever was was part of the I don't know the media that they wanted there. And so I said, well, at least at the very end of the day, I could at least take a take a picture real quick and tweet it out, talk about the talent that was out there. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254 or at r 920 am I tweeted it out from both of those. I tried to do that multiple times earlier today, but I had so much going on, and uh, I knew I was like, man, my phone's going to die. I know at some point my phone's going to die, so I had to take my charger with me. So uh, just the problems of being on the road, but I'll take it. I'm not mad at it at all. 702-365-9200. Got a couple calls I'd like to get to. How about H in Albuquerque? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Jamon, how you guys doing? We're blessed, man. We're blessed. Um, good, good. Good to hear. You know, one of the things I like about the draft is I'm always optimistic that uh, they're going to scout and get the best players they can, and that our team will be greatly improved, even though recent history hasn't proved that. Um, you know, I I get I don't know anything really that all that much about football, and, uh, you know, there's some names that excite me, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, you hear some, say, somebody say something about this, oh, I'd love to have that guy or this guy. But I think what I would do is double down on cornerbacks. I'd like to mm-hmm. see them take Gonzalez or Witherspoon with the seventh pick and then maybe even with the second pick take another corner. Solve yeah. our defensive backfield issues. Yeah. Hey, good call, H. I appreciate you. And I'm, I'm with that 
right? Not just because I say DBs win games, but that was one of the, th- the scenarios that I've said multiple times. I would be with that. I think that that is a, a hell of a scenario because we know that the Raiders need corner help. So if you can solidify one position, and look, this is the thing about it's not far-fetched when I just say that, you know, because Dave Ziegler, he, he's like, it's almost like he's, he's, he's loading up Noah's Ark, right? I mean, they come in twos. Look at last year's draft, for example. Two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, two running backs. They come in twos, right? It's not like I'm making this stuff up. That's what he does. So if they were to get, say, a Witherspoon or a Gonzalez at seven, say that that just happened to be the player that they wanted, I would not be shocked at all to see them go dip back into the draft and get a cornerback, whether that be a Forbes, if he happens to be there for him, or, you know, anyone else, right? Anyone else, Deontay Banks, if he happens to fall, or maybe someone in the later round, the second, third, fourth round. I can see them going and addressing and getting two young cornerbacks where they feel like, you know what, these could be our corners for years to come, right? We could build off of it. And then all of a sudden, yes, we can still address the interior of the defensive line, still help out with the edge. I mean, Chandler Jones is going to have to be replaced at some point, right? And I'm not trying to put him out to pasture or anything, but we all know that he's, you know, getting older. So they're going to have to find someone that could be a running mate with Max Crosby, who's still getting better, which is scary. But I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, another uh, two corners, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see two two more defensive linemen, maybe this time a, 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 a edge and a interior because they got two defensive tackles last year right so I can see I can see all that happening but Dave Ziegler has shown what we've seen in a small sample size from what we saw last year again loading it up like he loaded up Noah's Ark right let him come in two so uh, good stuff H I appreciate the call 702-365-9200 let's get one more call in who we got Tim in Texas Tim in the Lone Star State welcome to the show hello how y'all doing oh we're good Uh, Tim how you doing okay I just think uh, – I, I know a lot of people keep saying that uh, uh, the Raiders should load up on defense this year and then just try to worry about a quarterback next year. But if they load up on defense like they're supposed to, they're not going to even be able to get a quarterback like they uh, 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 Caleb Williams or whoever next year. They're not going to be able to get no, no quarterback that's going to help them out. But um, if the Raiders can – I think if the Raiders cannot get a quarterback – or like, well, if they can't basically, if they can't get CJ Stroud, I would I would say that they need to probably trade back a couple of times. Uh, you know, not go not go too far down. Maybe get an extra second and an extra third uh, round pick. Uh, you know, by trading back a couple of times and um, and just you know get them a good defensive lineman like Vanessa or uh, or um, the defensive tackle out of pit, and then load up on linebackers and cornerbacks. Um, uh, the rest of the way, and, and of course, some offensive linemen. All right, good stuff, Tim. Thanks for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And yeah, that, I mean, that could be the play. You know, that that could definitely be the play. I I do think that there's a scenario though that they can try to load up on defense, load up, just build the team in general, and have a really good team that they feel comfortable with in place. And maybe uh, this next season they go out and win, you know, eight or nine games and feel like, okay, we're on the right path. And then. They put all their chips in the in the middle of the table and try to go and get uh, move up as high as possible to go get a quarterback that they really desire. You know, by the time the draft comes around next year, there'll be a three or four or five quarterbacks that we're talking about instead of just Caleb Williams and Drake May. You, you know how that goes. And hell, by the end of next year, we might not even be talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May. I mean, at at some point, 
It's always ebb and flows, man. It goes up and then it goes down and then it doesn't. And then the conversation is about somebody else. So that could be a possibility as well. Tim, thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. 439 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show on this Wednesday, live from Kansas City. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Got a chance earlier today to talk with Jalen Carter, Anthony Richardson, Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, Charles Davis, Daniel Jeremiah. You'll hear all those conversations tomorrow as we'll be broadcasted from noon to 3, 12 to 3. Normally, JT the Brick is 12 to 2, but because he's doing the, the draft special from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center from 3 to 5 p.m., myself and Damon will navigate you through the middays, noon to 3, talking all things draft, live from Kansas City, live from the scene of the draft. I'll actually be down. I won't be in my Airbnb as I am right now. I'll actually be on site for the draft. So that's going to be fun. That'll be exciting, and that'll be tomorrow again. Uh, Jalen Carter, Anthony Richardson, Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, Daniel Jeremiah, and Charles Davis. You'll hear from all those guys coming up on tomorrow's show. Plus, we'll have some really good guests leading into the show. All draft, baby. All draft, baby. All draft, baby. Very excited about what tomorrow's going to hold, and it's going to be a very long evening, but I'm good. I'm good with that, uh, hopefully, and I'm sure with all the draft prospects that are back there in the in the green room. And maybe one of the questions that we'll ask tomorrow is, out of the guys that are here, who do you think I'll be talking to that is the new Raider, right? Maybe that'll be the question that we save for tomorrow. Jordan Addison, Will Anderson, Brian Branch, Jalen Carter, Zay Flowers, Christian Gonzalez, Paris Johnson Jr., Will Levis, Joey Porter Jr., Anthony Richardson, B. John Robinson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, C.J. Stroud, Keon White, Bryce Young, Devin Witherspoon, Tyree Wilson. Out of all those guys, I guarantee you one of the – oh, I won't guarantee. I can't guarantee anything. I feel really strongly one of those guys will be rocking the silver and black next season for the Raiders, maybe two depending on what the Raiders want to do. But that's for tomorrow. Right now, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Our good friend Mike right here. Well, not here, but Mike in Vegas. You're up first. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, um, I just... Did we lose him? Mike, you there? Nope. Hey, there you are. What's up, Mike? Uh, uh, keep trying Oh, man, his phone. He had to tell him to call back. His phone is a uh, robot now. It sounded like my uh, Internet connection yesterday when I tried to get on the air. Uh, it was not going to work. How about uh, Kalani in Vegas? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Thanks for having me, man. Just real quick, two quick things. Uh, everyone's, oh, we need to get C.J. Stroud. There's been 27 Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. How many of them have worked out? But let's keep doing the same thing over and over again. Anthony Richardson. Okay, this dude hit the roof. While nobody was wrestling him, the roof and Q, the roof was not on fire. He hit the roof in his pro day. I'm not touching him with a 20 foot pole. Now I will say this: Come to draft tomorrow. If I hear any of these phrases, I'm staying away from this player. Oh, he looks like a Raider. He plays like a Raider. Oh, that's the that's the type of player that just fits the Raiders' mode. Al Davis would love that pick. Any of those phrases or similar phrases, don't take that player. Because history has shown for 30, 40 years, those players do not work out outside of a, a handful of lucky ones. Don't take those guys. Don't fall for the trap. Don't fall for a cue. Otherwise, All right, so right let, back let, me, let me ask you this. If if I'm not going to fall for the trap, like you mentioned, who who's, who's the pick? What's the pick for you then? Literally, one, you got to see how the draft falls out, obviously. But literally, you fall for the guys who are known. Uh, uh, if you're talking to their coaches, 
the best player available, the guys who, who they say, hey, look, this guy really commits himself in the gym all the time, always in here pressing himself, which isn't Carter as good as he is. There's a lot of questions about his own motivation. And, hey, this guy wasn't really a hard worker, and Dan only showed up on game days. Doesn't that sound like Jadavion Clowney? All that talent, but they want to practice, and look at his career. Solid, but not what we thought it was going to be. Give me right. those guys who bust ass, who are smart and work hard, even when no one's looking. Most likely, those are going to be the guys who work out, i.e. Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro. Look at their background. Give me some of the plays for that. We can make it happen. Anthony Richardson, he's got that work ethic. He hit the roof. He, he did it on purpose. He did that on purpose. Nah, he did that on purpose. That's a good PR cover-up right there. He hit the roof, okay? <laughs> he hit the roof. That's a good PR cover-up. Oh, look, 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 look. He did that just a short PR. Just like someone who gets on his knee to throw it 80 yards. Dude, in a real game, you're down. That doesn't mean anything. Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Gotcha, gotcha. Kalani, it's great to hear from you, brother. It's always good to hear from you. I definitely appreciate you. And there's no doubt that he, that he did that on purpose, but it's, it's, it is what it is. Um, I'll say this, and I don't know if Anthony Richardson is going to be worth the salt. I'll, I'll start with that. But everything that you described about the guy who's going to bust his ass when nobody's watching, that's Anthony Richardson. The guy that is going to be a, a fearless leader, that's Anthony Richardson. The guy who knows that he's not a finished product and wants to improve to be that guy, is definitely Anthony Richardson. Again, I don't know if he's going to be worth the salt, but those are the kind of guys, I've said it so many times, I, I, I'm blue in the face. Those are the kind of guys I root for. Those are the kind of guys that I would take a chance on because I know at the end of the day, it's not because they didn't succeed because they weren't, they weren't trying, they weren't working, right? The, the workers, the guys that are going to work hard are the ones that I want to go to bat for all the time. But that doesn't mean anything, and it's a, it's a big risk when you're picking at seven. So I understand why you would be skeptical. But thank you so much for the call, my man. Like I said, it's always great to hear from you. How about Elliot, Santa Maria? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Elliot? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, yeah, hey, you know, so I've been, you know, flip-flopping back and forth with my mock drafts. Just, we all have. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, and leading up to today, you know, I was kind of thinking uh, – I think I would want to avoid a corner because typically cornerbacks, you know, they they don't have a high success rate when it translates to the NFL. Um, you know, very rarely do you get guys like Sauce Gardner that can jump into the league and, you know, be the league leaders at the position, specifically at corner. But you had a caller just a few calls ago mentioned doubling down and taking two corners, and that kind of got me thinking, like, that's actually not a bad idea, especially when you consider that, Ziegler and McDaniels have to get it right this draft. So by getting two of the same position, which they do normally, it kind of also ensures that they can kind of cover their their rear ends a bit, uh, a bit and hopefully, you know, land that one corner, one of the two that's going to provide stability to that position, which I think, too, you know, looking at where the Raiders are, I think having a stable corner, a good number one, would do a lot of good benefit for the defense. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it, and I, I agree with you. I think that if you have an opportunity to get an alpha dog cornerback, go for it. Uh, the one thing I like about this cornerback class, as many people have pointed out as they called into the show, is that it's a deep class, right? So if you don't address it right away, maybe you do address it early in round two. Maybe you do find a guy in round three. I mean, again, I, I bring up Tariq Woolen all the time. That was, that was one of my darlings last year out of UTSA. He ended up going in the fifth round of Seattle, and it was fantastic, right? I mean, he, he still has room to grow but had a lot of ball production. That, that's what I want. I don't really – look, if they don't address the cornerback position early, that's fine. But get a guy that's got ball production. Please, get a guy that's used to having his hands on the ball. 
That's what I really would like to see because they don't have that. They don't have that guy that expects to get the ball. The great Charles Woodson, see ball, get ball. They don't have that guy, right? And, and I know a lot of people are pounding the table for Joey Porter Jr. He's a really good corner. The one thing he doesn't have, he doesn't have ball production. Now, he's, he's, a, he's a player. He's physical. He'll go get it. He'll go get it after it. But he just doesn't have that ball production. So I prefer a guy that's going to have the ball production. I really do. I just think that they need to stop expecting guys that didn't have ball production in college to come into the league and all of a sudden learn how to get it. I just I, I think that they've got to get away from that. And something Dave Ziegler said so many times, and you've heard Josh McDaniel say it as well, like they want guys that can uh, uh, touch, touch the passer and touch the ball. And when he says touch the ball, make a play on it. Go after it. The Raiders, if you look at their, their turnovers that they create every year, it is in the bottom, probably bottom three uh, of the league every time. Right? They've got to, if they're not 30th or less, I'd be shocked. Right? I mean, they just don't turn the ball. Or they don't create turnovers. They don't. And that's something that's got to – they've got to change. And, you know, the one thing that Raider Nation has done for the longest, including myself, before they went on that, that playoff run or that, that run to the playoffs in 2021, is always go back to 2016. The one thing that that defense led by Khalil Mack did really well, it wasn't a great defense, but they were able to create turnovers. There were so many times that um, old man Reggie Nelson came up with an interception. Right? There was a lot of times that old man Reggie Nelson was getting burned, but there was a lot of times that old man Reggie Nelson would come up with an interception or Khalil Mack would cause a strip sack and come up with a fumble or Bruce Irvin would come up with a, a fumble, you know, strip sack, something. There was always some kind of ball production. That's what made the defense at least good. And, and I say good very loosely because it wasn't that good. It wasn't. But they were able to create turnovers, and if you can create turnovers, you're giving your, your offense a short field. You're giving your offense an opportunity to, one, not put any points on the board for the other team and then go back and steal a possession and maybe put some extra points up on the board. So I think that that's something that they've really got to focus in on. If I can have one thing on my wish list for this weekend when it comes to the draft, somebody with ball production, someone who's used to getting their hands on the ball. If you're going to get a corner, get a corner that's been there, done that, with the ball in his hand. That's why I'm a big fan of Emmanuel Forbes. I like Devin Witherspoon. I believe he had three interceptions last year. Christian Gonzalez had three or four last year. And that was something when I talked to Christian Gonzalez earlier. I said, hey, what did you want to do your last year at Oregon to you know, show the NFL that you can do? And he said, you know, my versatility and, and, and go get the ball. Go get the ball. I've been there, done that, but I, I, haven't, I haven't actually come away with the interceptions. I wanted to make sure I did that. I put that on tape last year. That's a big deal. These guys know that. That translates because you get used to it. It's hard to all of a sudden learn something new like that. Like a trait like, oh, hey, by the way, with the balls in the air, go get it. It's hard to, to learn that if you're not already – just already have that natural muscle memory. You know, the tricks to the trade. You know, kind of understanding when the ball's coming your way. Turn, how many times, Raider Nation, do we watch a game and, and don't see the corner turn his head? And how many times we scream at the TV, turn your head. The ball's coming. Just turn and locate the ball. Turn and locate the ball. That's an that's a, that's a art form. You've got to learn that. You've got to just know how to do it. If you, it's almost like in the NBA, developing a left hand. Look, Jack, if you get to the NBA, you should already have a left hand. If you have to develop it, you're, most likely it's not going to be very well. It's not going to be very good. You just got to have those natural abilities already. So that's going to do it for our show today, live from Kansas City. Again, tomorrow we'll be at the site of the NFL draft. Excited about that, noon to 3. And the whole party gets started off, though, at 7 a.m. 
with the morning tailgate. Clay Baker, Lindsey Brown, Vinny Bonsignor, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., myself and DeMond, 12 to 3, and then we'll pitch it to JT the Brick and Eric Allen, along with Lincoln Kennedy for the official Raiders draft party and, of course, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And then on Friday, we'll be talking about who the Raiders selected in the first round. Not who we think they'll take in the first round, who they took in the first round. So it's going to be a fun couple more days here in Kansas City and then head back to Las Vegas, be back there on Saturday. And, of course, there will be a lot of drafting going on uh, at that point as well. So thanks so much to Paul Powell uh, for sponsoring us and also Subaru of Las Vegas. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.